0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition. This week it comes from the Molyneux via Alex Dickon, who works down there for Burnham Live. Alex, thank you for popping on to the podcast. How are things down at the Molyneux? bit of a slow start for Bruno Large's men.
1: Yeah, a little bit better than last season. They lost all three games last season. They've lost two and, and drawn one, the first three this year albeit a little bit slightly easier for opening fixtures this time around. Um, football's been very good, as it was throughout the, the majority of last season, but again, uh, that old Achilles heel for Wolves, putting the ball in the back of the net, uh, I think they were fourth lowest scorers in the Premier League last season, fifth lowest the season before, so uh, that problem still exists, and um, they haven't managed to uh, to consistently find, find the net and finish those chances they've been creating. I mean, I just said to you before we came on air that they've got a midfield three now that I think is probably as good as anything outside Man City in the Premier League. Um, they've got a defence that's very solid still. Added to that in Nathan Collins in the summer, looks a fantastic player. Um, they've added to their forward line, but still uh, those old habits of, of that lack of ruthlessness and attack uh, still exist. And and they're struggling to find the goals, even against Preston, a championship team in midweek. Uh, they had more chances to score, to score more than the two than they did, but, but couldn't. And... Uh, that was a very, very nervy one in the end. So, um, until they can get over that, they're probably going to meander along and struggle. Whereas, if they could score goals, I mean, they are, you know, they definitely would be challenging
0: for European spots in this league. That must be so frustrating for world's fans to be in that position of creating all these chances, but just not having, you know, that striker put it away. And from an Ayacassa point of view, you know, they have someone who, would put chances away. Someone like Callum Wilson, but unfortunately he's got a terrible goal-scoring record. Uh, that's why they've gone out and, or it looked like they're going to sign Alexander Isaac. I mean, goals, Alex, it sounds so stupid to say, but that is the currency in the Premier League, isn't it? That's the key thing is having someone who can put the ball away. I mean, that's why it
1: cost so much money, isn't it? I mean, I think at the FIFA... Isaac is like his 58, 59 million. I mean, yeah. that, that's huge. That's that's beyond what Wolves could afford to play pay for a player like that. So um I think he scored six goals in our league last year, which again, you're paying that sort of cash for someone who scored that, that many goals. Um it's it's like that's that's the premium um for a player like that. But Wolves have obviously got Raul Jimenez. He only scored six goals in a league last year before his injury, you know, he was a, a 20 goal a season man. Um and, you know, he scored his first yeah. goal of the season, his first start in midweek. So, Wolves and Bruno Lage are desperately hoping that he can rediscover really that form, that goal scoring form that he had before the injury. Um, I mean, he had a chance to score a second against against Preston, but passed it up with a penalty by giving it to Wang and he missed it. So, um, he needs to stop doing that for starters to get more goals on the board. But they've got other players, you know, they've signed Gonzalo Guedes, uh from Valencia. He scored goals for them last season. So, He's got a chip in. Pedro Neto didn't score enough goals for the talent he's got. Adama Traore is another one. He scored an absolute screamer midweek. He needs to score more goals. Daniel Pedence. Um, so they've got, they've got players that should be scoring goals in this league, um, but for whatever reason they haven't done it. Uh, and I think now is the time for these players. If they are going to go and have the careers, particularly the likes of Neto and Pedence, that the talent deserves, then they need to start adding numbers to
0: their game. And, and you know, I <laughs> think given giving all those victories
1: they they've deserved in these opening fixtures
0: in terms of that centre forward role now Jimenez, as you mentioned there you know you had a bit of injury problem during the summer he's back he played the knee in the in the in the league cup you've signed as you mentioned there giedes from valencia 11 goals last season mm. who do you see starting as the centre forward on sunday
1: it's an interesting one because dunpont's been playing as a false nine uh, in the opening weeks of the season um, but I, th- I honestly think Jimenez will come back into the team now. Uh, Bruno Lage wasn't particularly happy that he passed up that penalty, but I don't think he'll uh, he'll keep him out of the team for that. I think he'll put him back in. I think Padenza probably drop out and I think it'll be a 4-3-3 with Neto and, and Guedes either side of him. Um, that's probably, probably the first choice front three at the moment. I think Jimenez is so important. He was playing very well in pre-season, to be fair, before he got that injury against Besiktas about a month ago. And... Uh, and, yeah, he was looking almost back to his old self, even though, you know, his pre-season, he's was, he was better in front of goal. Um, in his defence, he didn't get an awful lot of chances second half of last season. Uh, they weren't creating as many. Uh, but at the start of this season, they have at least started creating chances. And hopefully, if they do fall to him, he'll put them away. But I think he does need to kind of develop that ruthless streak again because, you know, he shouldn't be passing the ball to Wang when he's when he's got the chance to score a second goal in a game and kill a game uh, for a penalty. So, you know, his, his record from the penalty spots is incredible. So he should have taken that and doubled Tally and got more goals.
0: Yeah. Uh, and
1: that's what we need to see from Jimenez, that ruthless streak come back. I remember a, a, few, a few seasons ago when he scored 26, I think it was, in all comps. You know, he was he was almost self selfish uh, to an extent. And I think uh, Bruno would be quite happy if that came back because, you know, he'd score more goals and the team would do better.
0: In terms of Wolves at home, you know, they finished 10th last season, didn't end the season in particularly good form is given the money as well, you know, that they've spent, you know, good has come in, there's other players that have come in. Nunes is another one who, you know, some top teams were after him and he's not going to be in a cheap, a cheap arrival. Is there a bit of pressure on, on the manager to start picking up points and, 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 you know, if they do uh, maybe get a battering off Newcastle on Sunday, do you see maybe pressure coming on the manager? Or is it too early to start thinking like that? I
1: mean, probably too early but you've got it you've got to look at the fixtures Wolves have got as well uh they've had a fairly kind start to the season leads away i'm not saying these games are easy because Leeds at Leeds have just beaten chelsea 3-0 at home so you know Leeds away fulham at home they probably should have won that uh spurs away is difficult yes newcastle bournemouth southampton coming after this uh after those six fixtures they've got quite a tricky run you know chelsea west ham and city liverpool coming quite quickly so um, they do need to start putting points on the board before you get to those games because, you know, if they get 10 games in uh, and only end up with, say, two wins, then a manager who, who has been back, to be fair, this summer, they've signed players, worth eighty five million million, three three of them. So um, they're not, you know, they are looking to improve on last season and, and get towards the, the top seven. You know, you mentioned that they, they fell away towards the, last, the end of last season. I mean, they finished 10th in a one-horse race break. So... Um, yeah, they they that's probably still lingering. I mean, it is ten league games without a without a win for Wolves. Still uh, going back to last season, uh, last April. I think the run started against Newcastle actually when they beat them one nil. So um, yeah, they uh, I don't think there's any pressure on him yet, but I think the next three games he probably needs two wins just to kind of ease into those fixtures in September because you know they're, they're a difficult run if, if Wolves have. And- Two wins in 10 games, not looking good.
0: From a Wolves point of view, when the manager's looking at Newcastle, the fans are looking at Newcastle, what are they seeing? Are they seeing this as a game that Wolves can and should win? I mean, everyone can win any game, but in terms of it, is this a game where three points is, is expected from Wolves fans and from the manager as well, do you think?
1: I think if you look at the two I'd say Wolves probably still have the edge. Uh, I know Newcastle have signed some good players. They've just had to spend 50-odd million on a striker, so. Um, they've obviously got that financial clout now. And, and Bruno Alash has, has referred to Newcastle as one of the teams um, that, you know, coming from below walls to challenge um, that they need to be wary of in, in recent press conferences. So, Newcastle are a team that I think everyone's kind of expecting over the next three or four years to ta- start challenging the established order in this country. So, um I think they probably see it as quite an even game. You know, Newcastle have got quality in midfield, uh, in Bruno, uh, obviously. But I'd, I'd still say Wolves midfield's better. Um, they've I don't know whether whether Ezek will play on, on Sunday, potentially beyond so the I'd imagine. But um, again, Wolves have still got a you know, hell of a lot of quality in attack. Um, and the Wolves defence, in my opinion, is probably better than Newcastle. So I'd still say 1st eleven XI-wise, Wolves are ahead. But um, Newcastle have got, you know, the financial muscle to, to make their squad a very good one, whereas Wolves are almost kind of still, I mean, they've spent money this summer, but they've, they've also recouped a lot of money and could recoup more. So they're still kind of playing that, you know, try, sell to buy, trading in the market rather than actually being ambitious and spending big.
0: You mentioned that, you know, moving players on. Mm. Can you just explain to our listeners, obviously we're coming from the outside looking, looking in, I was shocked when Connor Cody left hmm. Wolves. I couldn't quite believe it. But then it, when I when I tweeted something like that that, that out, uh, a few people got back to me and said, oh, "Well, they're playing three at the back. The formation isn't yes. really suit him." But I was still shocked that the leader of his caliber has just been allowed to to leave. I mean, what what's what's gone on there?
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting one because Cody. I think he would started of the 152 games Wolves have played in the league since being promoted in in 2018. Cody had started 151. So, you know, he's, he's been an ever-present captain of the club, massive influence behind the scenes, biggest voice in the dressing room. Um, but it was simply a change of formation. They went to a back four in pre-season. Uh, Bruno wanted to bugger to a back four last season when he first joined, but felt he didn't have enough time to implement it. So when they came back this pre-season, he brought them back a week early um, and completely scrapped the back three in terms of training and went full for a back four. Um, and... The key thing for Bruno is, and I watched a training session of his out in out in Spain when they were on a pre-season training camp, the key thing uh, is the higher defensive line. And he wanted two centre-backs who have the speed uh, and also confidence in their own speed to get back um, when the ball goes in behind them so they can play that high line. And, uh, you know, I I really rate Conakody, but he is a specialist in a back three. Um, I probably wouldn't feel confident playing him in the back for the way Wolves are playing now. Whereas Nathan Collins and Max Kilmer are natural fits and were always going to be his first choice pairing. That's why they went out and spent 20 million on Collins. And um, that position, I mean, Wolves have been looking for a new centre back for, for three, four, four years. Um, and they've only just signed one because, you know, it had to be the perfect player. And Bruno thought Nathan, Nathan Collins was. So that was that was part of the reason those two are obviously going to be his first choice. Cody would have proven third choice. Um, but, you know, Cody's obviously got England to think about. He wants to be in the World Cup squad later this year, so um, probably had to leave. And because of what he'd done for the club, they are quite content to kind of let him make his own mind up, and that's how it came about.
0: And the other one I think people have questions about, you know, people especially who don't follow Wolves week in, week out, is Triore. you know, went off mm. to Barcelona on loan last season. He, he's back. Uh, he came off the bench, didn't he, in the last, uh, the last Premier League game. Um What's what's gone on there? Because I think people look at him in compare him at maximum. Some on a bit of a maverick. Some that get fans off their seat. And when he's got the ball at his feet, he's just exciting to watch. But again, looking from the outside, and just it just doesn't seem to have clicked for him in, in recent months.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean, he went to Barcelona, started really well, played there first. I think he started five or six games there straight off to begin with. Uh, was doing well, um, and then. It was almost like Adam was used as a bit of a ploy to get Usman Dembele to sign a new contract. And as soon as Dembele came back into favour, Troiro was completely frozen out. Um, obviously frustrated him. Walls didn't expect him to come back, especially after the start he'd made. They expected Barcelona to take up the option to make it permanent for around 25 million. Um Wolves have probably messed up, to be honest, you know, alone without it couldn't include the obligation. So they ended up with him coming back and he's got a year left on his contract. Uh, I think the expectation is that he'll now just run it down and leave on a free next summer. Um, again, the financials will affect the owners, but it's got nothing to do with Bruno Large. He's quite happy to have Troy O'Reilly, who's a massive, massive weapon in this league, back at his disposal. So he's put him straight back into the squad. There are other players he's kind of frozen out the likes of Patrick Cotrone, who doesn't want. But Troy Allray likes him. He really, really enjoys working with him. So he's brought him back in. Uh, he didn't want him to leave in January. Uh, he's more of a, to be fair, Bruno has used him more as a sub. Um, and I think he'll probably use him as a sub against Newcastle as well, even though he scored an absolute belter and played really well uh, in the week as a starter. So he's, uh, you know, he, he is what he is on his days. He's one of the most devastating players in the Premier League. You know, he can win games by himself and he has done in the past. He's not quite uh, the player he was in 2020 for Wolves, where he was completely unplayable four or five months of that season. One of the best players in the league, in my opinion, in 2019-20. Um, there is the contract situation. It's it's lingering around in the background. Everyone knows he's not going to be here long term. So uh, it's one of those kind of seeing what happens. But yeah, he's, 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 a, he's an asset for, for Wolves, um, but he's not been as effective as... Uh, as he was previously, but again, you know, if Wolves are 1-0 down against Newcastle on Sunday after 60 minutes, you know, he's going to be the first player that comes on.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's not a bad player to be able to bring mm. off the bench, is it? Um, in terms of the player then that will start for Wolves on Sunday, who is the one player that Newcastle just have to keep quiet if they want to get three points? There's a few of them now, to be fair. Um, I really, I mean, I've only seen
1: twice or twice for Wolves, uh, Mateus Nunes. Watched him uh when Wolves played sporting in pre-season as well, end of July. Uh and he bossed that game in the second half. But yeah, he's he looks a top player. Uh, but still, as things stand, Ruben Neves is still the man that makes Wolves tick. Um, captain of the team as, as well after after Cody left. So uh He's the player that the Newcastle needs to stop. And if we remember back to the game in April, when when Newcastle beat Wolves, Nevers uh, was one of the players who was missing. Um, and I honestly believe that if Nevers had played, hadn't got the injury did against Leeds that night, then Wolves would probably have finished inside the European players. He was playing that well towards the end of last season. Um, you know, missing him for a month or five weeks was was just too much to handle. Um, I think Wolves played with. Matinho and Kundal in midfield that night I mean that was that was a big issue so uh so yeah Ruben Neves is still the guy that makes walls tick and I, it's 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 strange that he's still here because we kind of go into every summer transfer window expecting expecting him to leave but uh, at the start of this summer I remember speaking to someone I was I was literally thinking I don't think there's a market for him because a player of that type is so specialist that you know clubs don't really want to spend like you know the 50 60 70 million to make it happen um, Barcelona have had a long-standing interest in him, but um, why would they not just wait till next summer when he's got potentially a year left on his contract? and he's probably get him a bit cheaper, so that's probably what they're going to do. Uh, but yeah, Neves, while he's at Wolves, that no one was expecting him to be here, so uh, probably should enjoy him for another season.
0: He's into his sixth season now, Wolves, and uh, and yeah, he he's still the kind of the main man in this team. Mm, top top player, I really I enjoy watching him. In terms of. A weakness in Wolves. What what is the best thing do you think for Newcastle to target?
1: So good. One the weakness the weakness in Wolves is 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 all of their own doing. They don't score goals. <laughs> so if, if Newcastle again if Newcastle do score first, then it's very very difficult for Wolves to come back into it. Especially if they they're compact and can defend well. Um, as far as far as weakness goes, you know there, there is there is space behind Wolves now with the high line they're playing. Um, you know, St Maximan is probably going to come up against Samedo, I'd imagine, in the game, against, on, in the game on Sunday. He's not started um, a Premier League game this season because he had an injury going into the season, he missed most of pre-season as well, uh, didn't play any of the pre-season fixtures. So, uh, I suppose that that will be a very interesting battle because I know I've way played against Man City last weekend as I watched the game. Um, so, yeah, St Maximan's always the play you look for when you play against Newcastle, kind of nullifying his threat. and. And has had a few good battles with him in the past. So that's going to be an interesting area. If Sameda does come into the team, how does he handle St Maximum? Sameda was fantastic for Wolves last season, to be fair, before he got the injury. Um, so, yeah, that that's probably a key battle. I mean, in a in a first Premier League start of the season, having just come back from a hamstring injury, the last player you want to come up against is St is Maximum.
0: So, um, yeah, I'm probably talking him out of the start now, to be fair. I was impressed with Sameda, though. He came on, didn't he, against Spurs? Think yeah, yeah, it was the last game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was watching that on um, BT, wasn't it? And I was impressed. He, he he was getting down down the yeah. line. He was, you know, he, he looked very solid. Um, oh, so, he's a class player. Yeah, yeah, be an interesting yeah. battle if he does indeed does indeed start. In terms of stopping Newcastle, then you know Eddie Howe has made it clear he wants to see Newcastle impose themselves more on the opposition. But I would still say that their biggest threat is hitting teams on the counter. You know, against Manchester City, you know, and we're talking Manchester City, one of the best teams in the world, Mm. if not the best team in the world. And at times they could not handle Newcastle hitting them on the counter with the speed and the precision. How are Wolves going to deal with with that if that is indeed Newcastle's main main threat?
1: I mean, to be fair, I expect this game to play out like that almost. Wolves will uh, probably want to have more of the ball. In the past, we've seen Wolves well, more of a counter-attack inside. Probably the best in the league at it in the past few seasons. Uh, but I expect them to want more of the ball with the midfield three. They've got Mateus Nunes, Ruben Neves, Jean Um, But again, you know they've got to be mindful of those counter attacks. Man City obviously had Rodri in that holding midfield role uh, to protect the two centre backs and you know, block those counter attacks and. Uh, Ruben Neves is the guy that's going to have to do that for Wolves. Uh, He has, to be fair, developed his game an awful lot defensively over the last few seasons, especially last season. Uh, He became very good at it. And uh, he'll have to sit in between the two centre backs and and watch that. Um, But I want to speak about those two centre backs because they are, you know, they're they're top players, Nathan Collins and Max Kilman. You know, Wolves have probably got a a £100 million defensive pair on their hands there um, in a couple of years. Kilman's already. You know, I think he's 24 now. He's absolutely superb. Probably the best defender in the team last season. I know Newcastle fans think that Dan Byrne might be in the England team, might be in the England squad, or should be in the England squad. But um, Max Kilman, I'm, I'm I'm gobsmacked that he's not he's not been put in there yet. Um, especially when you know Connor Cody's selecting. I've seen the two together, and it's clear that Max Kilman, you know, he's better and has the higher ceiling. Um, so, yeah, Nathan Collins has just turned 21, and to be fair, he's been fantastic in his first few games, for Wolves. Um, so, yeah, those two are going to be, you know, charged with blocking those Newcastle United attacks and counter attacks. And um, to be fair, I, I'd back them to do it because they, they've been made a really good start to the
0: season already. They've struck up a great understanding. Well, it's will they'll be battling up against Chris Wood, who is mm-hmm. a totally different player to Callum Wilson such a shame that Callum Wilson just can't keep fit mm. and I know Newcastle are close to signing Izak, but I don't think they'll get him registered in time to play uh against Wolves on Sunday and even if they do Eddie Howe has a tendency to play new signings from the bench and try and bed them in so it's looking like it will be Chris Wood He scored uh in midweek against Tranmere a good header but you know Newcastle's style of play just doesn't doesn't suit them they don't tend to get balls into the box and I imagine even if they did do That is probably the bread and butter of the Wolves defence, just to get up and just clear the crosses away.
1: Yeah, especially Collins. He's fantastic in the air. Um, Kilman as well. They're both, I think, 6'4", 6'5", so they're big guys. Uh, Also very mobile, gun the ball. But uh, yeah, I don't don't want to speak really about Chris Wood because he does have a tendency to score against Wolves. A few years ago, he got a hat-trick for Burnley against Wolves. Um, and he does always score against. Them. I think he scored the goal last season, well, didn't he? So yeah, and I think he, you
0: said exactly yeah. the same. The last last yeah, time won, yeah. won the <laughs> actually, you know, keep seeing it, and it's he's gonna he's gonna score. It always going. it always happens. So I don't want to shoot myself with the foot. <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah, I don't want to speak back, Chris Wood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, what we'll do is we'll finish as always with the score predictions. Then, Alex, how do you think this one's going to go? Hmm,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go. 2-1 Wolves. I think they beat them 2-1 last season while at home. So, uh, I'll go with that again. I don't think they'll quite have enough to keep Newcastle at bay. Newcastle will get a goal. But, um, yeah, it's about it's about time this Wolves team start scoring goals. They've got the players to do it and they just need to start finishing those chances.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go for a win. Me and John Gibson did on the Newcastle United preview. I'm going to go for a win. Score-wise, I can't see it having too many goals in it. Maybe 1-0 win. Mm-hmm. I'm not... Overly confident there will be a, a bucket load of goals. But hopefully an entertaining game. Uh, and from Newcastle's point of view, hopefully they get all three points. Alex, thank you as always for popping on to always. Everything is Black and White podcast. To you guys listening, please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and head over to here to keep with date with all the latest Newcastle United news.